0: I like that. I think that's a good way to have something weighty and mysterious um, with big stakes, but not perhaps crossing the line into murder where you maybe wouldn't want an 18-year-old driving your investigation.
1: Imagine a world filled with good and evil. Sometimes orphanages burn down. Also, I thought we had a thing. (laughs) And yes, I am evil, but... Worlds with wonder. Well, it was a wizard thing. Yeah, now it's a mundane pig. <laughs> now it's just a pig.
0: And mysterious obstacles. Caffeinated bricks. Where spirits roam. We need to, to figure out who the ghost and the ghost pirate are, and then we just just get started and see what happens. Kingdoms rise. Dracula's empire is, like, expanding, which is not great. And dangers lurk.
2: Like mm. it's beautiful women who are actually seals, and they will steal your skin.
0: Three Doctors of English will dare to invent new movie adventures in one podcast episode. This is Plot Device, Season 4.
1: Welcome to Plot Device. I'm Neil. I'm Reg. I'm Matt. We're gathered to you here today. Uh, We're gathered in Reg's garage. Uh, We're all six feet apart, (laughs) as has been recommended if you're listening to this episode long after these restrictions have been lifted, tell us what it's like. <laughs> uh, yeah, so- Bunker device this week. Bunker, Bunker device. device. Plot distance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So today we've decided to do a Nancy Drew mystery.
0: Yeah. Uh, in uh, the lockdown and the sheltering in place, I've been reading a lot of books to, to my kids, and we've, we've recently discovered uh, The Joys of Nancy Drew. And we started one called The Clue in the Crumbling Wall. So I thought it'd be fun if we, a uh, plot device, made up an Nancy Drews mystery based on that title. This is a Soviet story, right? <laughs> like they're tearing down the
2: Berlin oh, Wall. Oh,
1: that wall. Yeah, because Elvin and the Chipmunks told me. I only them know them, about right? two walls
0: <laughs> the one Mr. Gorbachev teared down, yeah. tore down. <laughs>
1: And I guess the Great Wall of China. Those are the two. Those, those are the two walls.
2: And Adrian? one was
0: attacked by dragons. Those yeah. are two good walls.
2: Matt Damon protected
1: it.
0: It's not a good wall. Don't take that out of context. <laughs> <laughs> so the characters in Answer to you are Nancy, Drew, mm-hmm. who is a detective. Mm-hmm. Uh, her dad, Mr. Drew, uh, who's a lawyer, prominent lawyer. Um, there are her best friends, Bess and George. Um, George is a girl. She's very happy to have a boy's name. They're cousins. And the basic uh, the basic premise between Bess and George is that Bess is the kind of shy, scared one, and George is the athletic, outgoing, adventurous one. Hmm. Um, so I guess if we're thinking in terms of Star Trek, Nancy Drew would be Kirk. Bess would be no this doesn't even at, it's already broken down. Um, and then we've got, uh, I think his name is Ned, possibly Nickerson, but Ned is Nancy's uh, special friend. So boyfriend, but special friend. And um, he's not around in the, in the one we just started, so I have no idea what Ned's deal is. And then, oh, and then uh, Nancy's mom died when she was a girl. And she was basically raised by her housekeeper named Hannah Gruen, Mrs. Gruen. Hmm. So those okay. are the characters. How old, how old is Nancy? Nancy uh, is, a, is a teenager. She's got a driver's license. Um, in book number 22, which we've just started, which is Clue, clue in the Crumbling Wall, she's 18. Wow. Okay. And these books are from the 1920s? 50s?
1: 50s? 50s 50s or 60s. Okay,
0: okay. And Carolyn Keene, the writer of the books, is not a person. Carolyn Keene is a pseudonym given to uh, many different people, some collaboratively, some alone, who wrote Nancy Drew books. Okay. So the the factory output is named Carolyn Keene. Okay. So for this plot device, we might as well... Might as well have introduce ourselves as Carol Keene.
1: Yeah. So we're going to have a lot of writers for people to
0: sign yep. for this episode.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll get moving But on.
0: Nancy Drew books uh, from, from the very limited experience I have, um, which is this book that we just started. And when I got um, when I was 10 years old at a birthday party, because it was Nancy Drew and like the mystery of the ski slope or something. And my friend who I liked skiing, but didn't know that apparently you couldn't give a Nancy Drew book to a boy. Yeah, you And he was that. mercilessly made fun of for giving me an Nancy Drew book. And I was like, but it's a ski mystery. Those are two awesome things. Wow. This is a good present. But apparently, it was not to be done. I, I read one where it was a crossover with the Hardy Boys. Because I, oh. I
2: was a real man as a boy, I guess. <laughs> All I remember from the Hardy Boys is that when anyone would tie them up with ropes, they'd flex their muscles. And then when the person left, they'd unflex. And then the ropes
1: would just like, because they're so ripped. Oh, is that what that comes <laughs> from?
2: So they're so swolled up, those Hardy I saw, Boys.
1: I think I saw Donald Duck do that
2: once. So four chapters sure of them cool. in the gym. <laughs> Just like, I can't remember the Hardy Boys' name, but they were like, you pumping iron? Yeah, and that's
0: it. That's four well, chapters. Well, every, every third book is leg day.
1: <laughs> Some real
0: toxic masculinity here. <laughs> How does, how does Nancy Drew books start? So Nancy Drew books start with her just going about her day and then she runs into a mystery. She is not like Encyclopedia Brown. She does not run a detective agency that you yeah. can give her a quarter and she will solve a mystery. Mm. She is an amateur sleuth that people in the community will often come up to when they're curious about something. They'll be like, hey, you're a teenager. Hey, teenager. Do you <laughs> want to solve a mystery for me? And she'll be like, yes, I do. There are, there's a few teenagers on my street
2: and I just can't imagine what it would be like (laughs) if I went up to them and say, hey,
1: would you solve some problem for me? I've got some uh, things I need to solve. Well, even if you had a problem that you didn't think the authorities were well suited to, who would you work your way through before getting to (laughs) local teens? I guess she's built up a reputation at least. Yeah, okay.
2: Maybe it's just like a kindness. They're like, oh, yeah, she loves doing this. All right. There's a note in the wall. I don't know.
0: <laughs> There's a note in the Berlin Wall over there. Her mom died. Let her solve the mysteries.
1: Nansky. Drew <laughs> Drew and And we all live in the small town of East Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right. Okay. 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 Interesting. So if I'm understanding characters, you've got Mr. Drew, the lawyer.
0: You've got a best friend named... There's two best friends, Bess and George. Bess and George. Both are girls? Both are women, both... And they're cousins. Okay. They're teenagers too, then. They're they're all the same age. Okay. And you've got special friend... Ned. Roy. Ned. Ned. Okay. His name is Ned. Her name is Nancy. Ned. Nancy. Bess. Other one. George. Mr. (laughs) Housekeeper lady. Yeah.
1: I feel like his name is Carson Drew. Am I right about it? I don't want to win oh, any trivia points here, but wow. I don't, know why I don't I think remember. That.
0: I feel like he's, he sounds like a Herald, but that's not right. Just got one upped. Yeah. Encyclopedia Brown's right over there. <laughs> How did Neil
1: know? Turn to the end of this podcast to find out.
0: <laughs> so, okay. We don't, I don't think we need uh, a, a really long oh, yeah, place setting, right? Like in our of two part form, formula? I forgot that
2: our yeah our, our new formula that we've been actually doing for like a year now yeah. is uh, to kind of plot it out a little bit in advance. Well, I, the...
1: we can could, we could make some choices. Like, so this is, we're doing some kind of a hypothetical Nancy Drew movie. So do we imagine like, is You're this right, Carson.
0: It's Carson. Yes, I am right. Of course it's Carson. It, there's only so Neil many names, names <laughs>
1: from the 50s. <laughs> I don't, I have no idea why I know that. I think there's another character in something I've read that was named after Carson Drew but I'm not sure. Wow. Um Drew Carey. That's going to sound bad. <laughs> uh so I, I think we could make some decisions like is this going to be an Origins of Nancy Drew mm. like that movie starring Emma Roberts from like 14 years ago or
0: the CW TV series? Yes. Or yeah.
1: is it gonna is it gonna be like a more complex start of a series? I read a I think I read a graphic novel of Nancy Drew recently. That yes, was like that. I haven't read it, but yeah, there. Yeah, there is there, one. There is one. So,
0: I, that's a cool idea. Like, what if we tried to do a Nancy Drew, mm-hmm. um, like, unlike the CW, which sort of tried to make it a Riverdale?
2: I was going to say they probably did.
0: Right,
1: yeah. of course
0: they. Like, did. How would we do a sincere Nancy Drew, for, like, like TV or movie? Well, Nancy Drew seems best suited to TV. Mm. It's episodic. She solves a mystery every book, every episode, right? Like, yeah. it seems to me that this would be maybe a pilot. Is it? Do we just back ourselves into finally pulling the trigger on plot device
1: doing a season <laughs> of TV show? Oh, my gosh.
2: Mystery solved, Nancy Drew.
0: Whoa. What if, what if we hemmed and hawed, prevaricated a bit, and did an anti-Drew TV movie. Okay, TV movie. All right, All right we'll see. Which if it could gets... be spun off into a series. Right. Which we'll they probably the... We'll see if half it gets picked up. And by yeah.
1: picked up, I mean listened to by four dozen people in the middle of England. <laughs> this is just part of our pitch.
2: It could be a TV movie, it could be a series.
1: I'm talking about you, Chesterfield. <laughs> <laughs> it's our hub.
2: Didn't we lose our Chesterfield bot? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think we were picked up by the Ukraine. Yeah. Ever since they lost their democratic uh, status,
1: yeah, for some reason we've been really catching on. Um, okay, so this this is kind of, but we're envisioning this as an introduction. So this yeah. isn't just an installment, and presumably it has to both gesture towards things that have already happened and sort of set up things that could happen later.
2: Let yes. me ask you this: how how serious are the crimes that Nancy Drew
0: solves? Does she solve murders? I believe she solves pretty serious crimes. So the one we've started, I don't know if it has a murder yet. We haven't read far enough into it. Mm. And I haven't read enough Nancy Drew to know. Right. But cross-referencing with my knowledge of Hardy Boys, those books tend toward um, crimes more serious than Encyclopedia Brown, yeah. who would deal with petty theft or deception. Nancy Drew books um, deal with larger crimes so i think murder would fall under the purview okay.
2: i'm just wondering uh, like so then this is more ya than yeah.
0: like okay
1: yeah because I, th- I think encyclopedia brown's kind of solidly in that preteen thing where right? it'd be really kind of grotesque to investigate like a serious crime I read also an, his dad's the police chief so it'd just be pretty ridiculous
0: to there's like, a really disturbing encyclopedia brown that that uh, i read uh, to henry a few months ago where uh he is he he sees uh the um a a boy goes missing, a child goes missing. And like the guy who drives the ice cream truck is accused of the crime. And so it's kidnapping a kid, the book, the story, cause there, it's a collection of stories seems incapable of handling the grotesque tragedy that it sets out and solves in seven pages. Wow. That, that the kid's is... fine. It escapes, but it's just this, like this really unsettling crime that I don't think the, uh, uh, Sobel, what's his, Douglas Sobel? Donald? You, you Donald the Sobel, guy. the writer yeah, of Encyclopedia yeah. Brown. Uh, R.L. Stein? <laughs> don't feel like he could resolve it sufficiently.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it just seems grotesque to me. Like, teenagers getting involved in murders, I think, is kind of just on the cusp of you can sort of, I don't know, somebody could Twin Peaks their way into a kind of elaborate murder thing. But yeah, like, I, so I, I feel like that's on the table. Yeah. It'd be like if Inspector Gadget's... Like
2: if
0: Penny was cracking murders. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I, I feel as if one of the things that a Nancy Drew mystery needs to have, again, based on limited experience, is it needs to have elements of of, of real danger. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, okay, yes. So murder uh, perhaps is is maybe a, a step too far, but they do have to feel genuinely dangerous
2: now, uh, to here, Nancy
0: and Bess and George. Yeah.
2: Here's my other question. How do we... So normally we would kind of come up with, with the major beats of this plot, but because it's a mystery, do we want to like withhold and not do that? And just sort of like, I it is better if we come up with the twists in advance, but for suspense of the listeners, for our homies in Chesterfield, <laughs> do we want to try to just make it up on the spot? We, we've come up with twists on the spot before.
1: Yeah, we have improvised mysteries, which I
0: feel no one gives us enough credit for. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, because it's a mystery and because part of the joy of a mystery is the revelation, let's do that. Let's okay. not yeah. figure out our twist in advance.
1: But it, yeah, I do sort of remember these as being, they're, they're more serious than kind of, I, I feel like the appropriate analogy is they're sort of like, bear with me here, Sort of like Scooby-Doo level mysteries minus the monsters. Like, there's like real thefts and scams and smuggling and whatnot going on, right? I don't know. We could stick with that or we could do something more serious. I feel like something more serious is a bit punchier, right? But yeah, yeah. okay. So we can we could figure out this murder and not decide who did it
0: or why. <laughs> I think the problem uh, that a show like Riverdale backed itself into was when it started with the murder and then it solved the murder, either the town has to uh, grieve and process or become a dystopian, nightmarish wasteland of terrors in which no sane person would remain, which is the decision that they went with. There's only two options, sadly.
1: (laughs) That show is so weird. But yeah, I mean, basically every episode, Jughead's like, nothing was ever the same again. And you're like, yeah, (laughs) uh, okay, you can only pull that a few times. I mean, also, it would be I, true every time. Also, I don't mean to belittle, like, Jason's life or death, but it was just one murder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to refigure everything. I mean, it's, it, it, to me, it was, like, stolen from Twin Peaks, right? They were just going for that vibe. Which, yeah. There was something wrong with Twin Peaks that was never wrong with Riverdale. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I was thinking, and this is just a proposal I'm going to throw out about the nature of this crime, One way that it might be interesting for someone like Nancy Drew to become involved, and I feel like the obvious question is, you know, where are the authorities, where are these investigations, is if she actually becomes involved in trying to solve a crime that on paper has already been solved.
0: Mm. If she
1: thinks that it's the wrong person or the wrong person has been convicted of it or something shady like that, because it would explain both why someone who isn't in law enforcement is investigating a crime and also why they'd sort of be on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you can't just go to the police uh, until a certain point, right? It's uh, just a suggestion of mine. She
2: stumbles across a letter in the wall. What was the name of this one? Clue in the Crumbling Wall. Yeah. Isn't there one called The Letter in the Wall? Ah, you're looking at the
1: wrong Wasn't guy. Wasn't that the Yo, mystery looking of the at Lighthouse me, listener? No. So. <laughs> Wasn't that The Mystery in the Lighthouse? The Clue in the Wall. The Clue in the Wall. The trapdoor in the Attic. I
2: really really only know these titles from like Kate Beaton comics where she parodies them.
0: That's the only... (laughs) Oh, those Kate Beaton parodies are
2: Oh, yeah, those are great. Absolutely
0: incredible. Google them, everybody. Okay. Yeah, I like that. So one of the things that strikes me as central to Nancy Drew's appeal, which is different from the Hardy Boys. I say the Hardy Boys appeal because they're also slightly younger okay okay Uh, Nancy Drew uh at least in the in the one we have started she's 18 and the the Hardy boys are I think 15 maybe 16 um but those are they're they're twins they're always in this together and Nancy Drew's a solo act she's got a special friend she's got best friends um but the fact that uh Nancy Drew is a is a bit more of uh like an iconic aspirational figure Hmm. she's a pretty thin character Hmm. but her appeal is that she's independent, that she solves mysteries, that she's trusted by authority figures, and that she's you know she's brave and resourceful. Right. Those are all important. She's she's not a, a well-rounded character, but she has a lot of uh, really appealing characteristics.
2: Okay. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say, who is she, and where where does Nancy Drew live? Like, where is it, where are
1: her books set? Oh wait, I know this one. It's called Bayport. I think. Right, I, I think that's the town where yeah. she and the Hardy Boys live. Oh. Do did they, did they both technically live in the same place? Is it like I'm going to bet all my money on that quiet
2: seaside town?
1: I'm going to bet nine hundred and ninety-nine dollars on that one. Wow, those Trump Bucks! Going to waste. Oh yeah, I did get Trump Bucks. Man, <laughs> American what is, Neil, over what here. a strange.
0: River Heights. Oh. Fictional Heights. town of River Heights.
1: River Heights. Okay. Overlooking Riverdale. <laughs> just ties in so easily. One assumes.
2: So there, somebody is, there's is a crime that was solved and yet maybe it was not. Do we have like the wrongfully convicted person? is and Nancy Drew are we doing it like where Nancy Drew didn't mean to try to solve this this is her first real case is that what we're
0: doing I think that's a good idea I like the idea that this would sort of be our first real case.
1: so what if she's someone and I'm just I'm thinking this has also got to be like a 2020 update so what if she's some teenager who does her like who does like a local true crime podcast or something oh, okay so maybe a cool person then yeah cool way team. cooler than us <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> Uh, we're never going to do a true crime episode, are we? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I'm just trying to think of reasons. I, I, I realize I'm probably over solving the problem here of how she becomes involved in the crime, but I just think it kind of maybe fills things in a bit, right? So maybe someone comes to her and says, uh, you know, and presents her with this mystery as a, a true thing that happened. And she comes to realize that it's still a mystery. Mm-hmm. It's not actually a resolved crime.
2: That makes sense to me. I mean, I I like the idea that 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 there is a figure behind the crime. Yeah. Um. Somebody who's like a town outcast, so that it plays well into the idea. Because then you can have it like, oh, it's the town outcast. So of course they're being framed because no one likes them. But then, as she investigates it further, she's like, oh, maybe he, this person. I say he because I don't know. I'm thinking of like a butcher. Because what what can a butcher do? Yeah. Okay. Butcher. Uh, so I'm uh, but you know I'm thinking like then you can have that twist where she's like oh maybe they did do it what am I doing so you've got lots of options but it also gives you a character that you can work with
1: well I think there's something to be done about the idea of it taking place in a small town which all of our kind of Riverdale, joking aside, is a good setting for a mystery, right? Mm. Everyone knows everyone. It's more tightly knit, maybe, than there's no kind of anonymity involved. Right, everyone's
0: a suspect. Yeah,
1: presumably Nancy already knows this crime or has heard of this crime or something. So I guess the idea is that if we're going with my idea, it has to be a crime where some piece of information or some idea hooks her enough to get her to look into this.
0: So is this a crime from long ago hmm. um so i wonder if it should be related to her mom's death is oh. that is that too much like having venom in spider-man's origin like dr doom with, on the ship with the fantastic four
1: okay maybe like is,
0: does it shrink is it george lucas does it shrink the world too small or is well, that like the necessary hook
1: you could e- you could even just kind of tease mm. it that maybe that's what's intriguing to her about it Right. I mean, this is, not, now we're getting into. Oh,
0: no, Neil. What if it's, it doesn't have to be like solving her mom's murder. It could be like this was her mom's friend or something. There's, there's a connection. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be about yeah, her, okay, mom, okay, like her okay. mom's death. We don't right? need to but turn this right into the way this. That, Yeah. Okay. That's a good idea.
2: Yeah. She can, you can, you can have that in the background. It could also be uh, the circumstances were similar to her mom's death and that's what motivates her. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's some, it's some connection. I I like that idea because it may, I I mean, it makes it personal, right? In a way that we don't have to spend another five minutes thinking of why this matters to her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So do we, I I like the idea of maybe it's a crime from a while ago because maybe Nancy is kind of running out of material for this podcast, right? Yeah. And and she's looking around and she encounters someone who suggests a case that maybe they have some different perspective on it or something mm-hmm
2: yeah i mean it, it, like i'm trying to figure out how we get the message in the crumbling wall or whatever in it but maybe that can be later or something like that hmm. maybe that's the name of a podcast no that doesn't make sense either because oh, oh. you're gonna do different things every episode this is this is the title of this the, is
0: the title of the episode of yeah. the podcast yeah it okay. only becomes clear at the end of the movie okay yeah. all right yeah okay
2: okay well what's a crime that she could, like murder is pretty easy and it's fine if it's murder. I'm trying to think of other crimes that are on true crime podcasts.
0: So what if, what if there was a kidnapping? The kidnapper was caught and imprisoned, died in prison. And what if someone comes to Nancy and says, either this guy didn't kidnap, this wasn't the kidnapper or the kidnapper didn't die um, of natural causes or, or suicide. Oh, okay. that he was killed to hide something. He had an accomplice. Okay. Killed in prison. Very topical. Okay. Because I was thinking about the CBC True Crime pod- Podcast, um, Someone Knows Something. Okay. And that's always a crime about a missing person, right? They're hmm. trying to track someone down. Okay. And so the disappearance of someone uh, is a really powerful hook for a podcast mm. because you can ask people about it years later. Right. Um, even thinking about the first season of Serial, which was solving a murder, but was sort of also just fundamentally about trying to uh, interrogate people's memories decade yeah. and a half after the fact. Okay.
2: Well, we can, can also, I think if you have it that the person who was kidnapped was never found also, then there's, that's other, that, that's other rich
0: fertile ground you know okay okay yeah yeah and what if like the kidnappy isn't wasn't killed the kidnapper was arrested for kidnapping and then and then also murder but they never found But they never found the body body. and then what if someone comes and tells nancy that the kidnappy is alive Mm
1: -hmm. yeah or what if it's even something as as kind of slender or simple Mm -hmm. as this this person who Nancy's talking to knew the kidnapper in prison and mentions that the kidnapper admitted the kidnapping but never killed the the kidnapped.
2: Wait, so person. like Nancy's talking about something unrelated? When no, this-
1: like she's looking into this case, like oh, okay. she's talking to the people who were involved in it for her podcast. Mm-hmm. And then this new piece of information comes up that as far as she knew, you know, this person was just convicted and, and was convicted of kidnapping and murder but then finds out that they were willing to admit to the kidnapping but were always adamant that they'd never killed something like that
0: Whoa. right okay and maybe, I like that. and she
1: thinks like i have to follow that up
0: yeah okay i like that i think that's a good way to have something weighty and mysterious um with big stakes but not perhaps crossing the line into murder where you maybe wouldn't want an 18 year old driving your investigation
1: yeah i think i think that's actually it it's a better arc to things than a secret murder right yeah. for example yeah because I, I feel like that's an obvious place to go to be like oh it's edgy right yeah i yeah. just kind of like the idea that uh nancy drew is a bit of a bit of a bit of a carolyn keener if you will <laughs> that she sort of would get involved in something like beyond what she's really kind of has to or is supposed to like she would find this interesting like maybe your podcast is kind of She's running out of cases, right? Yeah. It's a small town. There's not that many. You know, the previous the previous episode was about somebody's car getting stolen.
0: About something. a Civil War sword oh. that someone's trying to sell. Yeah, she's like, uh,
1: fraudulent artifacts, antiques. Nobody cares she about that.
2: She needs those clicks. Her Patreon support is down. <laughs> that she's
1: episode, losing monthly subs. That episode's got like 12 listens. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares about Civil War. So,
0: so the last question i have about uh about this before we um move on to to actually coming up with the story is is tone Mm. how do we want the tone to be well i mean it seems like it's somewhat
2: serious uh yeah but in a ya kind of way like
0: gossip girl style yeah. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it's a very topical reference. A show that's been off the air for like 10 years. I saw Blake Lively in a commercial. <laughs> no, it's like Veronica Mars. <laughs> yeah. We're just making Veronica um, Mars. It's my so-called life, obviously. <laughs> it's, my just like, so-called it's just life. like
1: Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. <laughs> <laughs> we can keep doing this for about two more minutes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um Yeah, I would say kind of serious. Um, I don't know. It is like a lot like Veronica Mars. How yeah. do you avoid being just too much like Veronica Mars? Which is very clearly a plays Nancy off Nancy Drew, Drew yeah. right? Oh, no. So maybe you
0: just don't worry about it. No, I don't think, I think we don't. Because I think one of the successes Veronica Mars has as a, as a show is casting and tone. Mm-hmm. And we uh, we cannot do those things. We can't cast uh, someone Kristen as Crystal oh, Bell. Oh, or... can't we? Yeah, we can <laughs> And so, I think what we do is we come up with a good Nancy, yeah, and then and then worry about like, I like the idea that the she's like fearless, determined, um well I you know maybe one thing that could set it
1: apart from those kinds of things is to make her less of a kind of noir protagonist like Veronica Mars is, like she's not really a damaged person, she's yeah. not really like a cynical or hard bitten person, like maybe she's more kind of upbeat, yeah right, or or like a bit of a keener, I mean, I like the idea that on some fundamental level would interest her about this case is the idea that actually there's one less murder in the world mm-hmm. right which is totally different than the Veronica Mars
0: su- su- super noir milieu of yeah. like betrayal and darkness right and uh Nancy Drew's um dead mom story doesn't play heavy on her it it exists more to establish her independence right mm-hmm. as in you know it's 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 dated it's certainly it's certainly dated but she is the person who helps run the house she's her her, the person her father trusts and confides in perhaps more than he would if uh he wasn't a widower because he treats his daughter more grown up than she is i think it's it's it more to establish her uh perhaps uh wisdom beyond her years than it is to establish a tragic backstory Hmm. i think too this
2: this could be this episode or the start of it could be that transition of her from being doing these podcasts that sort of recounts true crimes that have happened to actively trying to solve a particular crime, participating in that field and the sort of like pressures and fear, like, it. you know, that's a scary world that she was going to try to answer. But if she's a storyteller, if that's the kind of premise that we're going with.
1: uh, Yeah. I think that's a nice twist on it. And I, I like the idea of doing something different than either uh sort of you know, classic detective of someone who's eccentric and knows everything, or a sort of noir thing of someone who's just like too tough to give up. Right. I think, I think you can strike a middle balance or, or something other than those two. And yeah, I, li- I like that idea. The storytelling I, is interesting.
0: Too. I also think that it, it, uh, makes it a naturally YA property instead of a reverse engineered YA property, wherein the fact that she is not yet a career person, she hasn't gone to school these things are actually advantages for the character and help explain why she'd be involved as opposed to problems to be solved by a production company trying to right. figure out how to force this into the right demographic. <laughs> That's right. And
1: we also don't have to make Riverdale. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Not yet. the show change. that
1: is still running. We're with it. We're current, <laughs> right? current. It's a it's very contemporary pop culture reference we just made. Still running. That hasn't been canceled, right? I, I don't know.
2: Okay, so okay. then, what else do we need to do
0: before we're ready for the plot? Uh, we have, did we come up with a crime? We came up with our uh, our hook, which is the kidnapper. Oh yes, the kidnapping didn't actually kill. Maybe the allegedly. 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 Well, and it's good allegedly. too. Allegedly, they yeah. Does but that it's, even it's work allegedly? It's
1: good too. What Matt's saying because it, it's the story that's interesting. There's yeah. no actual evidence. Well, that's why anything. I
2: was like, it'd be nice if she's interviewing a convict for a different thing. Yeah, and then okay. after in the uh, posts when they're just chatting, he's like, Hey, you want a real story? You should you should look into the old McGrath kidnapping or whatever we're yeah. gonna call it. Yeah, yeah, and just say you know, just say something like I was that, in prison with Jimmy McGrath.
1: Well, and just say something like nobody's gonna admit to one crime and then deny that they did another. Mm-hmm. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. People but, like their stories
2: all neat and tied together.
1: Oh, opening credits. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, come back to this uh, place in a week and we'll uh, come back to this garage in a week and uh, give you another garage (laughs) episode of Plot Distance.